Welcome to the TALON project. TALON stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, TALON provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Isadora Mock. I'm the Online Learning Environment Lead at the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. Today, I'm working from home. So here with me is Mr. Bean, and I'm in my stay-at-home shirt. I'm originally from Hong Kong and used to be a student here at the University of Calgary. I have a degree in psychology, and later on, I decided to go into education. I taught in elementary for a little bit and then decided to go back to school, and I got my master's in education specializing in educational technology. After that, I worked at the IT Support Center for a few years, supporting e-learning tools such as Illuminate and Blackboard. A few years ago, I started my position as the Online Learning Environment Lead at the TI, and so now I'm supporting tools like Uja, Zoom, D2L. Hello, my name is Laura Bresinetti. I'm a learning technology specialist at the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. I'm originally from Argentina. I have a PhD in physical chemistry. I came to Canada to do a postdoc in biophysics here at UCalgary. And while I was doing my postdoc, I started working as a learning technology coach for the Faculty of Science. And then I joined the Taylor Institute two years ago in this role. I love technology and teaching. And in my role, I provide assistance to instructors in a range of different technologies, uh, all the ones that are institutionally supported, but also I help them to explore new options and how to implement them. So what do you think is the biggest challenge experienced when moving to remote teaching? Well, one of the biggest challenge, I would say, is presence. Uh, because you don't see your audience, uh, you don't see your students, and that lack of instant feedback, uh, the expression from your audience, it's difficult to, to, to navigate. Uh, I would say that also because we are offering training to instructors and our uh, workshops or training sessions are focused on technology. We always need to keep up with the changes. Uh, features are changing all the time, the way they look, uh, new features are introduced. So we always need to keep up with that and we need to revise uh, our, uh, our slides to make sure that we are, all the information that we are sharing is accurate. Um, I don't know if you would like to, to say anything else regarding that issue. Well, we have been having some unexpected uh, challenges while we were presenting. Um, yeah, so um, I, I know there are a couple of times when like there were power outages or we lose internet connection at home. So every time we do a workshop, we have to make sure we have multiple devices. So uh, if I'm using Zoom, I'm sharing my screen, I need to have like a mobile device beside me or two or three of them beside me just so I know exactly what I'm sharing. Uh, and sometimes it, that may not even work. Like I may see um, something shown on the screen on my end, but like Laura and all the other participants are seeing a black screen. So when you're working with technology, you kind of have to like expect those things. And uh, if we're, um, taking time to kind of switch screens sometimes it may when it's in I guess like online it, it feels like it's longer when it's in person like it seems like it yeah <laughs> people could be a bit more patient as we're going through the um, the I guess transitions and uh, because they can see what we're actually doing in, in the classroom 
Um, the other thing is just to give you an example, last year in the summer is when we implemented Yuja, the video hosting platform, and our workshops weren't that, uh, uh, that well attended. Um, at one point we had maybe like three, four participants and half of them were, or, or three, four people in the, in the workshop, but like half of them were actually facilitators. So we didn't have that much uh, participation. Um, but since the whole uh, COVID situation, uh, when everything was switched online, um, all of a sudden we had like 40 participants <laughs> online and we've yeah, never had that many participants in a face-to-face -face workshop. So uh, just having that extra pressure, uh, pressure uh, posed a lot of challenges. Um, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> and, yeah. and as uh, Laura said, like uh, the vendors come up with uh, changes all the time, um, uh, mostly because like there might be bug fixes or um, there's a new feature. Uh, but whenever they come up with updates, sometimes it's not something we can control. So all of a sudden something new gets uh, <laughs> presented while we're in the middle of the workshop. Um, yeah, that could be a little bit scary and embarrassing sometimes to be, to be honest. But we always try to do test uh, sessions prior to our workshops. Yeah, and I would say the, the other challenge is the way or the format we offer the training, right? Because sometimes we, we, offering different, we are offering different workshops focused on different technologies and they are one hour, one hour and a half long. And we have some participants that they just want to know something uh, and they have to maybe sign up for the entire workshop to, to just let you know, let the, to just learn what they wanted to learn. So uh, it's difficult to offer that balance in training where you can offer drop-ins and people coming in and asking questions or maybe these workshops that are more intended for people that maybe they wanted to learn the technology but they don't have a particular question because they don't know what to ask. So yeah, it's difficult to find that balance, right? Yeah, and also in terms of like resources. Um, so prior to the whole uh, COVID situation, um, we were supporting, I guess, a smaller portion of instructors, faculty members, uh, grad students or postdocs online, but like, um, yeah, or like we, we do face-to-face -face con uh, consultations too. So we had uh, different offerings and uh, of our workshops, but um, since March, everything has been moved online. And because spring and summer courses were all offered online, there were a lot of uh, more, more, I guess, instructors that we need to uh, interact with. And so, um, yeah, it, all the work has grown exponentially. And good thing is that we have uh, some additional resources, uh, learning technology coaches who are able to help out with faculty members. So what do you think are the opportunities created by digital education? So I think with this whole uh, COVID situation, uh, since March, we have been working from home. So uh, it really makes our work situation authentic. So everything is done online. So um, uh, we're meeting instructors online using Zoom or via phone call, have a remote session. So we can still assist them um, even if they're just working from home. And so it makes it really authentic. And today as we're doing this interview, like uh, you're seeing us in our own home. So um, yeah, this is how we actually work from home. Yeah. And I would say in terms of tools, there are so many tools out there that you can use uh, to, to teach or to learn. Uh, what I would say is that if you're an instructor and you just uh, switch to remote, I would start simple with technologies that are institutionally supported and just stick to one technology, feel comfortable with that technology, and then you can start exploring all the other options that you will find out there. Uh, because there are so many, right? Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of things that you can do, for example, with D2L, you don't have to go out 
teach you out there. So there are a lot of things that you can do. You, there are a lot of tools that you can use to sort of, for example, gamify your course, uh, make it more engaging, a uh, lot of things that are built in, built in in that platform. Um, so uh, Laura and I always like uh, talk in our workshop, our role is not to uh, sell a particular product or like a learning management system or a particular tool. Um, our job is to kind of just let you know what's out there, what options are available, but always start simple, start small. Um, when you have more time to explore and experiment uh, with a tool, uh, go ahead. But like, yeah, don't try to overwhelm yourself with all trying to use all the bells and whistles. So yeah. And uh, we're happy to kind of like experiment with you. So that, that's part of our job too, to kind of experiment, play and test. And uh, there are so many different tools that would allow you to do the same thing. So sometimes we just kind of have to make the decision, why would I choose this uh, and not the other tool? And I guess another challenge, uh, going back to the challenge, um, is that we want to make our tools uh, accessible and user-friendly, but at the same time, uh, we need to think of security. Um, so our, our job partly is to work with IT and make sure that um, the settings, uh, the right settings are in place. Just so like, let's say if your students need to join a, a Zoom session, um, how can we make that secure? Um, and also like make it easy so students don't have to like download all these other things, apps and like use, try to use a specific browser. Uh, we want it to be accessible on different devices and browsers. Yeah, that's so important. And yeah, I would say also to, to add something more, in, in, if we think about of students, opportunity for students, uh, if you think about this digital education, it gives them a lot of control on their learning uh, they, by giving them access, choice, and control of how they navigate the different content that you are sharing with them. So what are your most used uh, tools or your favorite resource for teaching online? Well, my most used uh, tools are, we'll say, Teachwell and Zoom right now. And they are, I have to say, Zoom is really useful. Uh, it has changed a lot the way we teach online, uh, the ability, the, 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 thing, the ability to, to, to share your screen and also give participants sometimes the, the ability to share back. It's so important. It makes more interactive. Uh, also, Zoom provide a lot of features that help you to, to make your session interactive and more engaging. So I think it's a good tool. I like it. Uh, and I still, there's a lot of features. Uh, there are a lot of features there and I'm learning how to use them. Uh, in, if I have to name favorite resources for teaching online, I like those resources that are interactive, that you can add some sort of interactivity. And I have my favorite ones. So uh, for example, I love one that is called HIP, uh, that is easy to use, it's free open source, and you can create resources, and then you can uh, put those resources into digital. Uh, then I, I love uh, Google Apps, I use a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I would say that are my favorite ones. I love to have interactivity. I think interactivity is so important when you're teaching online because it can be uh, isolating, it can be passive. Uh, so I think adding that interactivity to the resources that you're sharing with your students is so important to keep them engaged with the content. So the ones that I use uh, most would be D2L. Um, and Zoom and Yuja, um, just because like uh, we, we need to do workshops on them. So we just need to get ourselves familiar 
uh, with the tools. And also part of our job is to do troubleshooting. Um, and so uh, we kind of need to know about uh, the different features. So if something goes wrong, uh, usually instructors will go to the IT support center. Uh, but in the event that um, it needs to be escalated, they can be referred to us, the Taylor Institute. So maybe it has something to do with like uh, uh, course design. And if it's something that we can't address, we will uh, um, refer the instructors to our educational development consultants or to our uh, uh, instructional designers. Um, and if it's a bug, then we re uh, report it to D2L on behalf of the, of the instructor or the client. So uh, yeah, so part of our job is to do troubleshooting. Uh, we do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, and so in terms of um, another tool that I like is um, Snagit. Uh, which, if you're an instructor or staff, you should be able to go to the IT software distribution site to uh, get it. So what that allows you to do is just to take screenshots or you can uh, do quick recordings of your screen. So I personally find that very useful um, because a lot of times instructors would contact us with a, an issue with D2L or they ask a question about uh, how to how to do something. And so instead of like sending an email, like two, three pages of uh, uh, instructions and including screenshots, usually you can just take like a, a video that's like less than a minute long and then uh, to show the whole process. So that kind of speeds up our, um, yeah, like how, how quickly we can do our job too. Um, so that's one that I like. And in terms of learning and teaching, sometimes if I find an issue that I can't um, uh, fix, or don't know uh, how to resolve, I do a quick YouTube search or a Google search and there are a lot of resources out there. And I wanna give a shout out to the University of Arizona because they have a lot of good materials uh, on how to use D2L. So um, we always like go to their site and kind of like get some ideas <laughs> and then uh, see how other institutions have like uh, provided their documentation. And I would like to go back to what you, what you mentioned about videos. I, and I would like to say videos are so important uh, when you're doing this online, <clears throat> online learning or teaching and, or remote learning and teaching. Uh, and it is, it's, it's so important to, ha to have access to, to these tools that allow you to edit and produce the videos like Yusha, Snagit, and also Zoom. Uh, we are fortu so fortunate to have those tools to, to produce and edit the videos. What do you expect higher education to look like in 10 years? So I think with more courses being offered online, uh, we don't want students to be just uh, passive receivers of information. So we don't want them to just go into D2L site, download information and do an online exam. Uh, we want students to be able to show their work um, and uh, collaborate with their peers and uh, just have a build a relationship with their instructors. So um, maybe they can show their uh, experience by creating videos on their mobile devices uh, just because like um, uh, yeah it's so easy to create videos on their on our phones and mobile devices now uh, students can easily upload it to the d2l site and yuja or and share uh, the experience uh, with their colleagues and peers and of course with zoom um, um, students can collaborate with each other and have uh, group work um, and group discussions and uh, yeah, do something together. Uh, like let's say using the whiteboard and they can download a slide and then share the work with their instructors and peers. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I'm thinking about micro credentials uh, and I would like to see blockchain there, especially when concepts like trust, value, privacy and identity are all coming into question as we go into this new suite of technologies. However, uh, that would imply us to rethink and reimagine many aspects of traditional systems of education. So I also imagine a lot more of virtual reality and augmented reality. 
And, and I know a number of institutions, they have already implemented those technologies in their courses. Um, and those technologies provide a higher level of interaction, allowing students to visualize things in 3D and even interact with them. So this is evolving so fast. And I think it, uh, it could, it, it's, it's really amazing uh, that the, 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 the thing that you can transport uh, to different places and time uh, and I think it will uh, be something that it will be becoming more common in the next years. And I hope that. Lastly, we would like to give you a quick tour of our eLearn website, elearn.ucalgary.ca. A big shout out to our lead developer, Kevin Sato, for recently revamping the website, making it more accessible, stable, and easier to navigate. eLearn is where we have posted documentation on how to use our campus-supported tools, including D2L, Yuja, and Zoom. We have some resources for students also, so feel free to go through the categories or use the search bar at the bottom. Now, if you click on training videos, you'll be able to find videos that are provided by the vendor and some materials have been customized for our campus community. If you're interested in attending a workshop, you may click on register for training to see what's offered by the Taylor Institute for Teaching and Learning. But if time doesn't allow you to do so, click on record at workshops and we'll have a couple of videos that you can check out. Thank you. This episode was produced by Talon. You can find the video of the interview and more at talencloud.ca. The Talon project is funded by the Richard Parker Initiative. It is hosted at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Thank you for listening.